You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Also also explains why he doesn't produce anything in BC right now. <laughs> How about that hit that he took? <laughs> oh, man. The ball went a mile into the air. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> the ball was higher than he was. <laughs> Oh, man, this is too easy. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, and we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Travis Curra, joined by Brazilian Ty today. And word on the street is that Ty has a date tonight. Uh, with my old roommate, because his daughter goes to bed at 9 o'clock, so we can, or at 7.30, sorry, so we can go to the 9 o'clock showing of Good Boys. <laughs> is that why you called it movie date instead of just date? I had my 100%. hopes up for you, man. You know better than that. <laughs> Let's talk about week 11. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. And it all started Friday night at Commonwealth Stadium when the Eskimos were undefeated at home before the game, no longer after the game. The Bombers did not need a passing game or a quarterback, and they won 34-28. If that doesn't tell you how much of a complete team this Bombers team is, then I don't know what will. (laughs) I I think we kind of knew that coming in. I think we knew they were probably the most complete team in the CFL right now, uh, but to only complete seven passes for 89 yards, uh, (laughs) that didn't seem like a recipe for success, but they somehow made it work. But, I mean, to be honest, their defense played out of their minds as well. Uh, That front seven just was all over Trevor Harris. So we set, well, I set the over-under on pass attempts for Chris Strebler at 16.5. You took the over 17 pass attempts. <laughs> I don't know if I could have set the line any better. That's a, that's a real tough beat. <laughs> to be fair, you said it was going to be over because they were going to be trailing, and yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> no. No, I was a little, I didn't, I didn't think that, you know, like well, like sixteen and a half, anywhere from sixteen to twenty, I kind of figured was kind of around there. I didn't think he'd only complete seven of them. <laughs> you that, know, I, I kind of that's thought the surprising that the, part. I thought that the bombers would outrush their passing game. I thought there'd be a good chance of that. I didn't think Strevler would outrush his passing total by six yards. <laughs> yeah, no, that's if you look at like I mean, Trevor Harris. 26 of 40 for 430, a touchdown on a pick. Traveler 7 of 17, 89 yards, 95 on 14 attempts with one touchdown. If I give you those two stat lines for the quarterbacks, like I, it seems every other week i got to do this, who do you think wins this football game? It's obviously Trevor Harris. Yeah, like crushingly. Right? Uh, but once again, Edmonton could not finish drives. 
That's been a theme, actually, quite a few yeah. of these games. It's been penalties and being unable to finish drives, and penalties was another was, big thing yeah. in this game. It was both again, and I know that the totals are down from what we're used to seeing. Like they're not having their hundred yard games and stuff like that. Yeah, but the timing of Money Hunter pushing a referee, and then I can't remember who got the other penalty in that sequence. Vontae but, Diggs I mean, got uh, unnecessary Diggs, yeah. roughness, and uh, like, Money Hunter got the shoving the official. Yeah, like the, the shoving the official, zero excuse. I do not care. You cannot say emotions took over. Uh, you know, they're the only. There's seven of them out there. They all wear the same thing. You know that they're not players. You you can't do that. It's inexcusable. Um, but it just like penalties are going to happen in a football game. Just the timing of those ones. Just you know, put the final nail in the coffin for the Eskimos. Yeah, because at that point in the game, there was a, right around three minutes left. Uh, they had the bomber stopped and forced them to mm-hmm. a very long field goal. If they get it, all they need is a touchdown and a field goal, which they actually did get another or a touchdown and a two-point, and they ended up getting a touchdown after that and making things interesting by going for the onside kick. So those penalties were very, mm-hmm. very costly. Uh, Ted Wyman just tweeting out some insane stats. Trevor Harris threw for 430 yards, which we already went over. Bomber quarterbacks have thrown for 445 yards over the last three games combined. They have won all three of those games. He actually combined uh, all of the stats from the last three games. The opponents have actually scored 68 points over those three games. The Bombers have scored 61, (laughs) but they've also scored 10 defensive points and 21 Mm -hmm. with uh, the special teams. It is... It's crazy that this team is still able to win. I kind of th- I think that everybody's expecting, you know, the wheels sort of to fall off here, but you know, Labor Day and Banjo Bowl is for first in the West. If the Riders sweep, which I don't know if they'll be able to two, they probably split and these teams are top 2 in the West and I don't think well, I saw. I think people saw Winnipeg coming, but Saskatchewan being in this position at Labor Day, oh, even the greenest of glasses didn't see that. Okay, so two things with those stats. Don't tell me Matt Nichols isn't a game manager. <laughs> you had to get that in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if if you don't, if you're gonna go with the narrative that he's not a game manager, then you're wrong. And it's, it's that's just all I'm gonna say about that. You're wrong. And, and it's it's embarrassing at this point. As for the Riders, I mean, with Zach Caleros, we we didn't know what they had in Cody Fajardo or uh, Isaac Carker or what whoever the backup or third string quarterback was going to be because we knew inevitably that Zach Caleros was going to get injured at some point this year and miss a start or two. Um, I don't think we saw him getting hurt third play of the of the year. And, you know, getting put on the sixth game, now getting traded. So them being where they are now is a huge surprise. Uh, Cody Fajardo having a huge coming out party. Uh, William Powell and uh, Naaman Roosevelt and Shaq Evans definitely helping out the young quarterback. I mean, if you can establish a run game, uh, Naaman Roosevelt, you know, great option on second down. Shaq Evans being able to stretch the field, just giving him so many options. 
that he doesn't have to play out of out of this world, but I mean he has been. Uh, but yeah, for next next week, I, I don't see the right. I don't see either team uh, sweeping Labor Day and Banjo Bowl. I, I see it as a split, just because uh, going into Winnipeg is just so tough with the crowd there. I, I do think we might have to title this episode the Willie Jefferson Show. Oh. Uh, beginning of the year, it looked like maybe he was adjusting, uh, but <laughs> the last two weeks. It's. I, I think he's filled just about every spot on the stat sheet, including getting a rouge this mm-hmm. week. He has been all over the backfield. You know, he drops back. Uh, he almost had an interception in this one. He picked off Mike Riley last week. He forced a fumble in this one. That wingspan, that athleticism. You know what? About a year and a half ago, there was this narrative going around that Deron Carter was the best athlete in the CFL. And I did didn't see it at that time, and I don't see anybody saying that right now, but we do have to say that about Willie Jefferson, who, well, the onside kick, all six foot seven of him, that uh, yeah. that made a big difference on making that going in Winnipeg's favor. Uh, it seemed every time the Edmonton snapped the ball, it was either Nevis or Willie Jefferson in the middle of it, and at, at one point, Jefferson was almost able to get a handoff. Yeah. <laughs> from Trevor Hare. Like, it was a little ridiculous, right? So, uh, yeah, I would. It, it's hard to argue that he isn't the best athlete. I think Deron Carter's the biggest crybaby in the league and the biggest powder, <laughs> but I don't think he's the best athlete. <laughs> uh, and you know what? I, I, I love Willie Jefferson. And mm-hmm. you know what? He said before, I don't need that uh, NFL ball and chain. And, I mean, if those guys want me to – Come play for them. I don't need to go work out for 13 teams. If you want me on your team, you can give me a contract, which I just love yep. that attitude. But he doesn't have the body type, really, for a defensive lineman there. Uh, and what he does here in the Canadian game, it's just tailor-made for him, I think. Oh, 100%. Um, you know, being 6'7", that's big. That is, that is <laughs> massive. Um, and he... When his arms go up, he's it's over ten feet. Like, how do you see? Like, I don't understand how when he jumps and gets his hands up, how you find a passing lane. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's it, nuts. It's, it's ridiculous. And like, he it doesn't matter where he lines up on the field. You have to account for him. You can't. And, and like you said, he dropped back and almost had the pick. You you can't as a quarterback. You cannot lose this guy um, in coverage. Because he's going to burn you. He's almost made us, I think, talk about Adam Big Hill less. And which, you know, being a middle linebacker is a rarity to to not talk. Because they're usually so involved in the game. But it it was Nevis and Willie Jefferson disrupting everything on Friday night. And, you know, Jonathan Kongbo, the 2019 draft pick, had his first uh, game, first start here, and he gets four tackles. And as, as for Edmonton, I, I think it's all about Sean White. I mean, if they if they just have an average kicker, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not in this. But I got to assume he'd be rather be kicking extra points, too. Uh, Sean White has scored 43 of the 49 points 
that Edmonton I, has scored I against Winnipeg my, this season. I can't wrap my head around that. It's insane that they have been yeah. able to finish virtually no drives against the Bombers. That's with one extra point, I believe. <laughs> Is that not ridiculous? It's it's. It's crazy. It's mind-blowing. And if they're going to do that against Calgary over the next two weeks, it's not going to work out well for them. No, if they do that against Calgary, I mean, BC is going to stay in the race. Yeah. <laughs> or at least feel like they are. Yeah, they'll, they'll feel like it. I mean, and speaking of Calgary, they're on by this week. But you look at the standings right now, they are the crossover team. The Calgary Stampeders mm-hmm. are the crossover team. Let that Mind sink in. Blowing. <laughs> Mind blowing. Mind <laughs> blowing. Oh, and as for Edmonton, I, I think we just really need to talk about Devaris Daniels. Twenty-four targets over the last two games, and I believe it's thirty-two over the last three. He is almost more involved in the Edmonton offense than he ever was in Calgary. He's becoming mm-hmm. a target monster. Whoa, it's it's been it's been ridiculous. And I mean, when you have him and Greg Ellingson, uh, you know, it just it leaves you so many options. I mean, Ellingson only had five points this week, but he is it's either going to be him or Daniels drawing the top cor- the top defensive halfback or the top cornerback, uh, you know, and it, it's going to open so much stuff up for the other guy. Uh, Tavon Smith had a big night, uh, four of six, 114 yards and a touchdown. 21.4 points. Uh, you know, the depth chart isn't what it is at receiver in Edmonton like it is in Calgary. So I don't think he's as buried as he was. And I don't think uh, like he got his – he got chances in Calgary, but he was never – he w- he was never seemed to be consistently in the starting lineup. And that was because probably he couldn't stay consistently healthy. Uh, now that he's healthy, been healthy for the last couple of weeks, uh, he is chewing up yards. We move on to the first part of a Saturday doubleheader where this game was ugly, what, 10 minutes in? Uh, Three offensive series for the Ottawa Red Blacks. The new Joe Pow Pow offense, Dominic Davis gets three series, and it ends in three interceptions. I, I think he's played himself out of a job. Well, do you remember when all the Red Blacks fans last year wanted him to start over Trevor Harris? Because I don't. Well, now they want him back. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you wanted, and I'm not going to stop saying it. I will you know, bang I'll, the table endlessly. Uh, uh, at least two out of the three of those. The Moncrief interception was crazy because he, he looked like he was in full tilt when he caught it already going the other way. But and the, the second interception, I don't know where that ball was going yeah. other than to, to the, <laughs> to, to the to DB. Uh, and, and then the first one by Nick Marshall, I mean, that was a poor throw as well. These are just terrible. He completed the same amount of passes to the Riders as he did to his own team. <laughs> well, every one of his passes were completed. He went six for six. <laughs> Technically, yes. No pass <laughs> hit the ground. <laughs> So, I mean, there's a positive if you want to look at it. And John Jennings actually looked, I think, the best he has this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 16 of 26, 208 yards, a touchdown, 4 of 17, uh, rushing, 14 fantasy points. Uh, you know, it's become a reclamation project. I think that 
the coaching staff and the team is starting to realize that this is going to be the start of somewhat of a rebuild where they're going to need to replenish uh, assets uh, with everybody leaving through free agency. And they got to pick a quarterback to go forward with unless they're going to draft one or wait for more people to come free agents. Uh, But you have a guy right now that's proved he can do it in the league. You just need to rebuild him up. It's a reclamation project. Like I said, and they said it on air too. Uh, They, they need, he needs to find his confidence and he looked, he looked like he had a little bit of it back on Saturday night and, and had a decent game. Didn't, didn't turn the ball over, uh, you know, 16 to 26. I mean, just over 50%, but, uh, it's better than what he's showing for sure. Yeah, he connected with Dominic Rimes for a 75-yard touchdown and mm-hmm. I think narrowly missed him on another one when they were trying to pick on Eli Buka. And Buka did get burned on the long touchdown after LJ McCray ended up getting yeah. kicked out of the game. And that was just foolish, foolish okay. football. Not, not only is it a stupid penalty, but what are you accomplishing punching a guy in the helmet other than possibly breaking your hand and a guy that is six inches a f- taller a than you taller and than outweighs and you by 100, 100 pounds, pounds. Yeah. <laughs> like is it i know it's supposed to be fight or flight reflexes but i think that was fight and then flight because i think if, if, if that's me i punch and then i run <laughs> Yeah, that was straight up stupid. And McCray has been playing well since yeah. he has been put into the lineup uh, for Solomon Means. And I thought the the defense really sort of changed mm-hmm. at, the, at at about the same time as he went into the secondary for Solomon Means, and that that was just stupid. And they were able to keep yeah. it together for the rest of the game here, but. There's been a number of skirmishes like that in the CFL this year. I'm not saying like as a, uh, I don't know, a guy that I don't like it. <laughs> but yeah. if, if, if these non-division teams playing each other are having skirmishes like that, what's Labor Day going to be like? I can't freaking wait. <laughs> I want I want this after every play. I want this to be like the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, with short benches, Colorado, Detroit. <laughs> oh, when McCarty could hear Draper's face break on the dasher board. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> oh, Sh- Shanahan flying through the air, taking out Patty Roy. Just imagine <laughs> Willie Jefferson flying at. at oh like, yeah. At, any, anybody, I think, would crap their pants if they saw Willie Jefferson flying through the air at them, really. <laughs> uh, John Crockett ends up leaving the game with an injury, and I, I think mm-hmm. that did hurt the Ottawa offense quite a bit. Although, you know, after a rough start, they did battle back, and I know the Riders ended up, you know, making it ugly in the end by beating 40-18. to 18. I mean, if Dom Davis stays in this game, it, it just it ends up uh, a, a lot worse than uh, probably it ended up being. And without John Crockett, but Greg Morris comes in. He ended up having six catches for 50 yards mm-hmm. as well and then uh, seven carries. Hopefully Crockett isn't too uh, too banged up and he'll be able to come back after their bye week here because he's probably been – the best story in Ottawa so far this season. I, I think Dominic Rimes has had 
performances to talk about, but they haven't been able to get Sinopoli going. I mean, Caleb Hawley's not really doing much. RJ Harris hasn't been a factor. They haven't been able to get Nate Bahar going either. I I don't really know how changing the offensive play caller is going to fix things here. I, they, I don't know how changing an offensive play caller fixes the fact you don't have a legit number one receiver. Yeah. Or a quarterback. <laughs> oh, I didn't say it this time. <laughs> they, I was they, thinking it. They've got a they've got a lot of work to do. And the Ryder mm-hmm. offense, they didn't really need to do much, but the the Red Blacks defense is very scrappy and they really kind of super kept, physical, typical Nolthorpe, right? They are. They they kept the Ryder receivers, I thought, in check. Um mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, Shaq Evans was the leading receiver with 63 yards. He caught six of 11. He had nice battles with Chris Randall all night long. How about Corey Watson with six catches in this one? He seems to be sort of the escape valve for Cody Fajardo. And being a veteran and knowing the game like he does, he's played a lot of football, um, just an extra security blanket for a young quarterback who doesn't have a lot of starting experience in this league. And, you know, William Powell only had 11 carries uh, and one reception, so not not the huge, uh, you know, uh, check down or option that you would think that you would have uh, with a young quarterback where you're going to try to establish the run. Uh, Naaman Roosevelt on second down was pretty good. Shaq and Evans, he had a like beautiful said, yeah, Corey, touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But Corey Watson awesome. going six for six, just finding ways uh, to get open and, and, you know, be visible for Cody Fajardo uh, helped keep the offense kind of in, in flow, I think, and, and really helped them uh, put up the points uh, for sure. And I mean, a lot, some of these points were garbage time for sure. I mean, the, the one William Powell touchdown. Yeah. But uh, to have guys like that on the roster, uh, you know, and it just seems like nobody's uh, upset when there's not a 100-yard receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, 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 not, it's not about – there's no I in team. I know it's a – terrible cliche because there is an me but uh <laughs> they, they've bought into the team concept and, and they're they're if they're winning football games and everybody's just playing a role and doing what they can to help the team win it doesn't seem like anybody minds i don't know about you but i i sort of get the feeling that we could have a big game coming from manny arsenault soon god i wish well no not until after labor day well does labor day count being next week? well no I, we got to wait till after his first nine games because, I mean, he missed the first couple, <laughs> right? And, you know, if they copy <laughs> what Edmonton did, they were picking on Chandler Fenner all night long. On, Fenner, on, made, Fenner made some unreal plays, though. He did. He did. So maybe he's going to scare some quarterbacks off of there. And he had a deadly celebration mm-hmm. after a pass breakdown in the, uh, in the end zone, mm-hmm. too. So we'll we'll see if Saskatchewan tries to employ that same strategy. But Manny Arsenal looked like he kicked into another gear at a few times in this game, and I wouldn't be shocked to see a touchdown coming soon. It, that would be nice. I mean, seven point one uh, points this week not not terrible. Nothing to write home about, but. Uh, you know, he's only played five games. He's still trying to find his way. And we know he's a slow starter. Uh, it's been well documented. Uh, first, before Labor Day is usually not 
very good for Manny Arsenal and he turns it on. Uh, and I think that's probably what we're going to see here. I don't think it's going to be Labor Day. I think it's going to be a couple weeks after uh, once he gets more reps. And uh, I think Luchez Purifoy was pretty fired up in this game after uh, he played for Ottawa. And what he didn't even, he must have lasted there for not even half a year before they let him go. He spent time in BC as well. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like he's he's almost all star caliber in. Saskatchewan, he makes plays returning the ball. He had two quarterback sacks here. He's a hard hitter. I I don't know (laughs) why it took so long for him to get going. I'm a fan of this guy. And he's a Gator. He's a former Gator. So, I mean, what else would you expect? Did he play with Tebow? Uh, I don't know if they played together, but he he did go to Gainesville. Nice, 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 big, nice. Big, big win over Miami on Saturday night, although they didn't cover the damn spread. <laughs> so the Riders and Bombers are both winners heading into Labor Day weekend. Man, I cannot wait to get to Regina for that. <laughs> I, I I am afraid for our livers, our pancreases, our stomach in general, or, or just our guttural region is going to take quite the beating. You know what, I, I I can't believe I'm saying this, but I hope that drinks are not free in the suite. <laughs> Why? Because if they are, you know you're driving home? <laughs> we'll be sleeping in the truck, man. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing which I got I heated seats because it's not going to be warm. Which I don't think is legal, but we'll sleep in the box. Is that allowed? I don't know. <laughs> well, if we if if I don't have the keys, it's not a DUI. Okay, so just go throw them into Lake Regina Beach or something like that, and then we'll be okay. <laughs> that's that's a long walk. <laughs> hey, Grey Cup fit up, man! You've already lost yourself over two pounds. Yeah, I've had I had a Coke on Monday, and then yesterday I didn't really eat much for supper, uh, and so I had Burger King at like ten o'clock. Um, <laughs> You're doing so a really unconventional Grey Cup fit-up. <laughs> yeah, so I, I got up this morning and went for a walk and then weighed myself, and I was, like, down 2.2 pounds since it started. Nice. Uh, I was down four, but I had some quarter-pounders after Weird Al on Saturday night, so I'll, I'll well, wait. Well, I mean, that that's to be expected. And they were three bucks this week. Oh, look out. I don't <laughs> like quarter-pounders, so... Okay, <laughs> what, what do you get at McDonald's again? Just two plain hamburgers. Oh, wow. And, and like as much, as many McNuggets as they'll fit in a bag. <laughs> this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by ATB Financial. And if you're looking to save some money for your dreams, whatever you want to save up for, you want to get a house, you need a down payment for that, or you know what, just your future, which is probably a good idea, ATB Prosper. You can get started for as little as a hundred bucks. You throw it into the account, and you can even say contribute twenty-five bucks every few weeks, and then all of a sudden, your money is growing, and it looks really awesome in a really short amount of time. You can get started in less than ten minutes. Head to atbprosper.com and stop saving that cash towards your dreams. Head to atbprosper.com. The third game of the week. Oh, man. I I feel like we can just do a recap of any Lions game from this season, and that'll be be good. Uh, Yeah, can we just, like, put one 
like bank it and then just replay it every week? Yeah, we just need to like sort of come up with a generic thing for the Lions uh, where they mm-hmm. lose here 13 to 10. Uh, of course, their defense did the job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to lose a football game giving up 13 points, uh, you cannot blame the defense. The Lions had the ball for over 34 minutes and lost yep. this game. Yep. That's embarrassing. They also gave up seven sacks. <laughs> and Dane Evans didn't throw a touchdown. <laughs> like, it's just... Oh, man. Um, I don't even know where to start. Just, what is happening? And like, I, I feel for BC Lions fans. I yeah. do, because this year was so full of promise with Mike Riley and, and an O-line that looked like it was going to be good with, with the names that were on there. And then you, you still have Brian Burnham. Uh, you bring in Deron Carter, who has done, who has, you know, produced in the CFL. Uh, you know, Shaq Johnson's been decent. Uh, you bring in young guys like Javon Katoy. Uh, the, the running game has been... John White's been a revelation the last couple of weeks. If he doesn't but, get hurt, this game's probably different. Oh, 100%. Uh, but it starts and ends with the O-line. Yeah. Because it seems like giving up seven sacks on the night is low. <laughs> it, and how many times did he get hit on top of that? Well, probably. Uh, that's the thing. Now Double they don't it. track pressures or QB knockdowns. Uh, you know, it becomes... It becomes a little harder to look at, but uh, they have allowed 43 sacks this year. Oh. Uh, seven in each of the last two games. Oh. Like, I took a Percocet. I took half a Percocet last night and felt like a million dollars. I don't think there's enough Percocet on planet Earth to make Mike Riley feel like he could get out of bed today. Well, I mean, he lives in Vancouver. There's a lot of product on the streets there. Hey. And oh, legally. He and things. legally. And legally. I should, uh, oh. I should say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Never mind. I'd... I'll never forget. I went to Vancouver to see Metallica when I was in college. And there was a guy walking around the line with a KFC fries box full of joints. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is Vancouver. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. So we all know a Deron Carter sign there now, but... Uh... <laughs> well, it's legal everywhere, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true, but... That, that... also explains the the uh, permanent smile on his face. <laughs> also, also explains why he doesn't produce anything in BC right now. How about that hit that he took? <laughs> Oh, man. The ball went a mile into the air. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the ball was higher than he was. <laughs> oh, man. This is too easy. Okay. Seriously. <laughs> what do the Lions do, though? You start Daniel Bryan and just write the season off. The, what's seriously. The, what's the point anymore? Keep Mike Riley healthy for next year. Try again. <laughs> try again like when there's six games left in the year do you just put them on the six game and just 
Yeah. I mean, save the salary. <laughs> Put him on the six-game sign, Brandon Bridge, and there's your season. Because this is it's, – it's training camp territory. It's like he's playing in front of – yeah, it's – it's like it's like what we saw in, in Winnipeg on Thursday night where it's just a bunch of third and fourth stringers out there and the quarterback, it's open game. Yeah, open we knew, season on the quarterback. We knew Adrian Tracy coming into this game was banged up, and then in, mm-hmm. uh, in warm-up it looks like he aggravated his arm, so he left the game. And then uh, basically Dylan Wynn was playing defensive end for most of the night. There was a point in the game where right tackle Justin Renfro – didn't know the snap count. He he didn't even move, and Dylan yeah. Wynn got a free Looking shot. Like doing his best impression of Xavier Fulton. Like, these guys aren't even blitzing. No. They're just, <laughs> ru- they're just rushing the base of their defense. Suk Chung just, looks lost. Yeah, I, I have, like, it, I know, we might have to start at BC. Sorry, Derek, because Montreal right now is probably going to win the East. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a complete and utter disaster in Vancouver right now. And it all stems from that O-line. Like you said, Su Chung looking lost, Renfro not looking like he knew what was going on. Uh, it, it's just, it's a dumpster fire. I had to, I had to use it. I don't think we can designate that on Montreal anymore. I kind of give Renfro a bit of a pass because... He just came over from Calgary, and they just put him yeah. in the starting lineup. So it's been two weeks. But Joel yeah. Figueroa was a monster last year. In the mm-hmm. trenches, he was just so nasty. You didn't want to engage with him at all. But we don't see any of that aggression, any of that edge nope. from the offensive line at all. It looks like they don't even know the snap count. It It's really hard to stay engaged when you're 1-8. and eight. I wonder if that's what it is at this point. And, like, what's and the I know point people, of getting better? And I know people are going to say, well, you're a professional athlete. You get paid to do yeah. this. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, if I'm working and I have to work an 18 and 3 shift, come day 14, my, my productivity goes way down. I am worn out. Losing wears you out. Mentally, physically, whatever, to the point where you just don't give a shit anymore. I'm not saying that's what's happening, but they're just so beat down and, and like what it, it, the season's basically over. The, the mental game is just so it's so tough to get amped up when you know winning isn't going to make a difference right now, except for your own for your own team's sake, like mentally, team building wise. Yeah, standing wise, it's not going to do anything for you really. Uh, it's really hard to show up and play a football game when it's like that. Shaq Johnson had. Some incredible catches in this one, 75 yards. I really like the Javon Katoy story, and I I think they could almost use him as a hybrid Mm -hmm. sort of running game. Just give him the ball and let him roll people. He, uh, There it is again, the pot references. He had 57 yards with uh, (laughs) five five catches. And, uh, you know, Wayne Moore actually had an all right game. Nine carries for 36 yards, and then he had two Mm -hmm. catches for 60 yards, including a 49-yarder. But what do you think the Lions, and I know there is the front office cap. Yeah. There's part of me that thinks they have to – kind of let Claybrooks have the job until 
I would say Labor Day His of next year. Expires. Well, <laughs> there's, there's that. I I kind of depending. Wanna... De- yeah, but depending on where they're at Labor Day next year, if they're in the same situation, then I think you ax them and somebody comes in internally that's already there and just takes over yeah. as an interim for the rest of the year. I, I think they make they need to make a change at OC. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, is that going to make a difference if Mike Riley has zero time to throw the football? Right I, now? I don't know if they're designing plays to to try and help that. I don't know if you can. But no, there's there's you can you can design plays against the blitz. Uh, you can, but the the thing is they're not blitzing, so those plays aren't going to work as well yeah. with those with the quick passes because there's going to be linebackers in coverage. So it takes those away. It's really hard to plan uh, a quick pass game when you have three or four pass rushers and you can't stop them. But there's a guy like Suk Chung that looked like a monster in Winnipeg, and if that's because mm-hmm. of the system, then the system needs the change, and that yeah. I starts with the OC. OC uh, line, the O line coach. Yeah, you can take I know. A look Chu's at too. taking a I mean, lot this, of this co- There's not a lot of experience in this coaching staff. There's not. They're very so inexperienced. It's it's like it's going to be a pretty big learning curve. So. I mean, I think, especially with the cap, it gives them job security, basically, right? Because you know that you're not getting fired this year, at least. Uh, they're they're going to have to go through growing pains and, and figure this out and make adjustments. And hopefully in the offseason, they, they can figure something out and come up with something to protect Mike Rowley. Because the amount of money they spent on him, and you know, you have Shaq Johnson, Brian Burnham, uh, even Deron Carter, uh, you know, guys that can catch the football uh, if Mike if you're going to pay Mike Riley over seven hundred thousand dollars and he can't get the ball to them then it's going to take it's a complete overhaul. Hamilton, they just grinded out a win here. Damon Evans goes seventeen mm-hmm. to thirty one, one ninety four, and he ends up throwing two interceptions. The leading receiver was Jalen Acklin, had six catches and ninety one yards. Really seems to benefit without Luke Tasker in the game. Braylon Addison. 12 targets, 7 catches for 61, and they shut down Brandon Banks. He only had 3 catches for 37 yards. But the turning point in this one was that brutal fake punt that the Lions called in their own end when the game was tied at 3. Dude, what the hell was that? (laughs) Like, not only the situation, which, I mean, the defense is playing well. I don't think they needed to go for it in that situation but the play call or the execution <laughs> was terrible that was bad Ryan Langford looking like Ottawa Red Blacks Ryan Langford <laughs> <laughs> oh there's there's four there's four tiger cats I'm going to run right into the middle of them three three yards behind the line of scrimmage he had no chance no no and that's another thing too <laughs> There, there was zero blocking on that play. <laughs> Ticats steal a win, 13-10. I think they'd only won one of their last seven in Vancouver, but with the 2019 edition of the Lions, taking wins out of BC Place is just, 
it seems to be easy. Yep, but like, yeah, it's. I don't want to say easy. I mean, they only oh. put up thirteen, but yeah, it's it's not as it's not a daunting a task as it once was. I mean, a, a shadow does need to go to Jagera Davis, who I believe has now nine sacks in his last, last eight games. Oh, is that uh, any good? <laughs> speak, speak, speaking of sacks, the front four for Edmonton have more sacks than like four other teams combined. <laughs> like, what uh, is that? <laughs> My God. Does Jagera's BC sacks count? <laughs> <laughs> what if we it took BC should. sacks out of the sack total? There'd be forty, <laughs> what forty three sacks missing around the league. Man, they're they're yeah. doing something for the tackle purelater tackle hunter. I wish they still did that because man, <laughs> Mike Riley is a big man. They'd be donating a lot of food to the food I think, banks. I think Mike Riley would be getting a tax receipt. <laughs> Oh man, I mean, I know he's in another tax bracket with that uh, that cash he's making, but that tax receipt would sure help him out. I think. <laughs> well, that's the only reason I I donate money to the college. <laughs> uh, BC's got another week off, and I'm sure Mike Riley's thinking it's not a week too soon. <laughs> no, he's probably gonna go find a hot tub and just lay in it for a week. <laughs> The last game of the week was Touchdown Atlantic. The Montreal Alouettes edging the Toronto Argonauts 28-22. I'm glad the fans in Moncton probably got the game of the week. Uh, yeah, 100%. And the the nice thing was whenever somebody scored, there was cheers. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there, there, it, was, it, was lots of, it was a fun game to watch, in the, especially the second half. Oh, yeah. It's really hard to wrap your head around this, but McLeod Bethel-Thompson threw for 464 yards. Yep, that's becoming kind of a broken record when it comes to uh, Toronto and McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Um, you know, in <laughs> he's thrown for 300 yards six times this year. Wow. Five times this year. 400 once, obviously. Then he's had a game with... Well, in the games that he's just the games he started, he's only he's throwing for ninety and two hundred, and everything else has been over three hundred. Wow, that's seven games, seven games, twenty one hundred thirty one yards, and no win, one win. <laughs> They've got the Eskimos problem where they're not really finishing drives, and well, in this one they were up sixteen nothing. And they had and my, a win. My, my bank account was scared. <laughs> they had a win on their fingertips, man. Yep. They, they had a chance to put this game, like, to absolutely finish off Montreal and, and basically make the second half non-consequential. Like, it, it, it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, but they let them back in, and, you know, Montreal took full advantage. Yeah, they could have put it away at the end of the first half, but uh, I'm trying to remember what happened here. There was an interception, I believe, called back, 
and then so Toronto could have finished that drive, and then I think he ends up getting sacked in the backfield. I mean, there was this still... game literally happened three hours ago, and we can't remember. <laughs> Thirty-three yards in uh, losses for the Argos, so that 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 part does need to be mm-hmm. uh, cleaned up. Sometimes they yeah. they end up being in second and long quite a bit, and then Vernon Adams comes in and just sort of and, takes over. Yep. 19 to 25, 335 yards, two touchdowns, a pick. Uh, you know, only three rush attempts for four yards, but he got a TD out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, for some reason, had Jeremiah Johnson in my starting lineup. Worked out pretty well. Uh, you know, the whole offense really seemed to step up. Eugene Lewis, Quan Bray, Devere Posey all had really good games. Uh, they kind of split the carries between Johnson and, and Stanback. And in the second half, the Montreal defense really stepped up. Is Johnson stealing away that starting job? Mm, I don't know if it's that or if they don't want to overload William Stanback. Yeah, he might be nicked up still. I'm I'm not yeah. sure, but I think Johnson's a bit more explosive. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, Quan Bray, he gives you some... Well, when's the last time we were able to talk about multiple options in the Montreal offense? A, a lot like Saskatchewan. I mean, I, I take Jake Winicky for, you know, $2,700, and he gets, you know, seven and a half points. Yep. I'm happy with Boom. that in my uh, in my flex. And Eugene Lewis has a 65-yard mm-hmm. touchdown. And... I mean, it it seems to be just a connection between him and Adams. It just gets better and better every week. And that Quan Bray touchdown. Oh, man. (laughs) So I texted you, and we can't say what I said on air. (laughs) But I saw saw some, I think it was Grey Cup Society tweeted that in Toronto, that's an incomplete pass. (laughs) That's true. Because the end zones are two yards shorter. Oh, isn't that sad? Well, I'd rather have that than the field 10 yards shorter. Oh, so. 20 yards. Uh, but speaking of Eugene Lewis, he was the fifth highest uh, scoring fantasy player this week. Except, well, position player than quarterback at uh, 17.6. Like three, of, three catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, it's a pretty good day. Did Chris Cuthbert have the line of the week, by the way? 100%. Do we need to talk about that? Um, I think we need to bring up your tweet because people seem to, or I guess our tweet that you tweeted, because uh, people have a real big hate on for you now. Or for I don't. Us. I don't think that the bombers, the city of Winnipeg, are the C or the CFL are a joke. I think that that game is, and right yeah. from the start, it's and like as soon as ticket prices were announced. Yeah, that game was destined to fail. And then, and then it just it looked the, the problem compounded when the Packers saying, "Okay, we're not playing on this." But they signed off on it the night before. Nothing, cha- nothing changed. The, the 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 both teams, the PA and the league, signed off on the field Wednesday night. Nothing changed from Wednesday night to kickoff. So basically, Green Bay just said a big you and we're out. That's all it was. Can you imagine paying $350 to watch that? 
<laughs> no, because I'm not an idiot. <laughs> and here's what I know, and I've already seen it, that NFL fanboys who have a bias against the league, and they can do that if they want, they're going to place the blame on the CFL and when the they bombers. had absolutely nothing to do with it, which is which is sad. I actually, and I got crapped on for this too. I actually think that this game could have been good for the Bombers and the league when guys from the NFL. Let's face it; it's a preseason game. There's a lot of guys on the fringe who are mm-hmm. going to get cut in a few weeks, and they're going to see that facility in Winnipeg, and they're going to say. You know what? There are other great places and great stadiums to play in and play the game that I love and maybe come to Canada. I think that could have been a benefit for the CFL, the Bombers. If, if this game sells out and you get people coming from out of town, that puts money into the local economy with hotels and food and beverage and all that other stuff too, right? Like as, as a whole, and, it pro- and you know, it's a big event. Any time a city can put on a big event, and I know CFL games, you do it nine times a year. This is another one. Uh, it, it, if you pull it off and it's successful, it, it makes you look good, and, and that helps draw eyes to your product. And you literally missed two commas, and people jumped down your throat. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it, <laughs> and then take everything out of context, because they're... I'm not even going to... I don't want to say it. I don't want to get in trouble. I, I'm done with the tweet. It, it, it is what it is. But did you delete it or did you leave it? I I, I left it. I left it. Oh boy, uh, that's ballsy. That'll come back to bite us in two years. <laughs> yeah, when I'm running for office, they'll look at that tweet and say, "Oh, this yeah. guy's a real idiot." Uh, but they should probably look <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. That'll be the tweet that turns it. They should probably look at the account and think that I'm probably the biggest CFL fanboy there is and realize I would never call it a joke. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, everybody that crapped on that tweet and said, oh, are you calling it a joke? You're so far off. It's like, uh, read the room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, but- if, if, you, if you don't realize that he missed a comma or two and, and you're going to crap on it because, well, that's not the way it reads, you're the... <laughs> <laughs> so the NFL is the biggest sports league on the planet and at least revenue generating and mm-hmm. I guess maybe you can argue that I don't know what the money figures are for the European soccer leagues and they can't run a single a simple football game. Mhm. Sounds about right. So they said it took them 16 hours to change the field over and the narrative Wednesday was that, oh, yeah, they co- they totally could have done this in uh, Regina. And, and now I know Ryder fans are saying, oh, yeah, good thing we dodged this bullet. What but, would have so happened you, you if they that, did it there? Oh, man. But do you really want to have to rush putting a field back together? Well, maybe the rushing is what happened here. I mean, ah. But no, it, there was nothing wrong. The, the only thing that was wrong with the field was the goalpost hole that they yeah. didn't have covered properly. But both teams and the PA signed off on it Wednesday. Before, the yeah. 24 hours before the game, they said this is fine, and the Packers changed their mind last minute. 
That's that's all that happened because nothing changed. The Packers just didn't care because they weren't getting the gate for this yeah, game. They might have been true. getting a little bit of money. The promoter's <laughs> losing his hat. Yeah, it just sucks like, that the NFL leaves Winnipeg, washes their hands, and then oh, they're yeah, they the care. ones that look bad, right? Yeah, they, they don't care. Yeah. Because they're going to make their money regardless. Back to Touchdown Atlantic where the, the field looked yeah. great. <laughs> the stadium looked great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that, that went on a tangent. <laughs> Rodney Smith has 12 catches oh. on 12 targets for 136 yards. Who saw that coming? Uh, probably nobody and <laughs> didn't find the end zone. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And And this game came right down to the end. I, I guess I do want to mention too, have you seen another coach challenge no yards more than Corey Chamberlain? <laughs> I have never seen a coach challenge so many stupid plays as Corey Chamberlain. <laughs> That's, those are the ones he challenges. He never challenges a pass interference. <laughs> he Is he the new Mike Sherman? Like, does he have oh, any God. idea what's going on? Don't go there. <laughs> like, oh, he man. does realize he does realize he only has two challenges, right? Uh, well, like you I... don't they they carry over. If you don't use both of them, you still have both of them in the second half. You don't have to use them both on stupid. <laughs> like honestly, who whoever told him that that no yards was going to get overturned and there was going to be conclusive conclusive evidence needs to be fired. <laughs> Like the minute oh. they show the camera angle and it's on and it's on an angle looking from like the thirty yard line that way, there is no way you can call that no yards unless he's like right next to him. Yeah. So whoever yeah. called down and said, "Yeah, challenge that." Boom. See you later. Pack your <laughs> you're out. Man, the elk is going to get a workout this week. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about that big. Uh, Big play to Quan Bray. Right after that, the Argos answered back with a massive mm-hmm. touchdown to Darrell Walker, who did a heck of a job to keep his feet in bounds. And then it I'm came. I'm not r- convinced. I'm not. You're not. Convinced. You're not. <laughs> and it came that, right down. I I also thought it was the end of the fourth quarter, not the third. So I was really oh. mad. And then I thought, <laughs> and then I found out it was in the third quarter, and I wasn't so angry anymore. <laughs> And it came right down to point three seconds left. The Owls had the ball on like the five. And they go to the Armani Edwards. Yes, the Argos had the ball. And they go to Armani Edwards. SJ Green, one of the most sure handed receivers mm-hmm. in CFL history, was wide open. And I love Armani Edwards. But don't you have to be looking in Walker looking for eighty seven and number nineteen in that situation? I think so. Um, to me, that last drive should have ended like the play before. It seemed they were taking forever to spot the ball and start the clock and right, blow play. Right, right. It seemed like what is happening right now. It looked like a absolute gong show. Uh, well, if but, uh, if if there's point three seconds left and there's time on the play clock, then that's yeah, how she but goes. I, yeah, but I, they. It, I'm like how like. The play clock's not running, and the, or the game clock's not running. They were tackled inbounds. No time. The best thing is Corey Chamberlain had a timeout left. <laughs> and he didn't use it. <laughs> and he didn't use it. 
Use a challenge on a no yards and still had a timeout in his back pocket. <laughs> it came down right to the wire, and it just did not go Toronto's way, which is happening quite a bit this season. Uh, shout out to Jimmy w- Ralph for having a nice game and getting his first mm-hmm. career uh, touchdown. Who are the top performers in fantasy this week? Uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson with 28 points, Fernand Adams 25.8, Cody Fajardo 23.4. So uh, the top two quarterbacks were in the touchdown Atlantic game, so they got one hell of a game nice. out there in Moncton. Uh, William Powell, Andrew Harris, Greg Morris, uh, Devaris Daniels, Tavon Smith. Uh, you could throw Rodney Smith in there because I screwed up my my uh, spreadsheet. So Toronto, because they were on by last week, didn't get added into the the, the weekly totals yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Um, Rodney Smith. I mean, twenty five point six would wow. be second, and Tavon Smith twenty one point four. So I mean. Edmonton had two of the top three uh, with Devaris Daniels and Tavon Smith this week as well. And Trevor Harris was fourth. We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. There is a new addition to the network. It's called Life with Dementia, a solutions-driven show sharing relevant research, personal stories, and practical tips for communities surrounding dementia. I know a lot of Canadians are touched by this. A lot of people are touched by this. And if you look to this podcast, you might just find yourself some support. So albertapodcastnetwork.com, click uh, education and self-improvement and you'll find brand new podcasts there along with a lot of other great shows in the network also the alberta podcast network is partnering with a seat giant this season so if you need tickets for anything uh cfl games labor day weekend coming up SeatGiant.ca. use the promo code apn you're going to save five percent and support the network a little bit as well nhl preseason starts next month too oh wow all tickets are in canadian dollars even for events that are in the U.S. So if you're traveling south of the border, seatgiant.ca, it's going to be in Canadian dollars. No surprises on your credit card statement. Promo code APN. Brazilian tie. Thursday, we're back talking about Labor Day, baby. Only three games next week, so it should be a quick-ish show. Ooh, it's Labor Day. You can't predict that. (laughs) Great. So, yeah, one less game, double the length of the podcast. (laughs) We'll talk to you Thursday. Rate, review, and subscribe on any of your favorite podcatchers. And, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.